0: Why do you always want to bring it up so you can beat me over the head with it? Yeah, you brought it up when you walked through the door, first thing, so I figured it's <laughs> no, not in I didn't sleep. But it's you not didn't what sleep you, last night.
1: It's not what you think, though. It's not like I was working late. No, or...
0: but last night, you or last week, you were. You were telling me how you were working late. I mean, every time I see you, you're working late.
1: Working yeah, late. but last night wasn't because I was working late. I just, I, I went to bed, I, I fell asleep for a bit, and then woke up, and I couldn't go back to sleep. Yeah, that, just...
0: Did you go to bed early? Did you fall asleep early?
1: Not really. No. I mean, it was... Closer to 10,
0: Okay. Falling asleep early will sometimes screw me up. I have to make sure I don't fall asleep, like at 8 or something, because then I'll wake up at 10.30, and I won't be able to sleep the whole rest of the night.
1: Or you take a nap during the day.
0: Yeah. That can be bad, too. And naps just don't work for me anymore.
1: Well, if you, if I get them early enough, then by the time I get up to... By the time
0: evening comes, it's I'm okay. I can go, I can go to sleep. It's just
1: yeah. I don't know.
0: like I was saying earlier, another thing that doesn't work for me is just the working late. That does not work for me. I, I don't know, everyone's different, and I used to be able to to do that. But yeah, now it's in just my younger days. I mean, I could I could work some pretty late hours, and you still, still be do. productive. Well, you do that all the time. I can't though. I no, just, it hurts though. It hurts when I do it these days. Just by the time you know, the we're done with dinner and the kids are bathed and in bed and i sit down in the living room you know i'm tired and i might get 30 minutes to an hour to talk to my wife and then i'm just i don't know we might watch a show if we're lucky that's maybe once or twice a week and that's it i'm just i'm tired i'm done i can't i can't work i'm i'm i even try sometimes i end up just looking at the screen or subconsciously i flip over to the news or twitter or something i just can't work it's just it's far better for me just to take the time yeah just relax for a little bit and if i'm that if i really need to work and i can't you know relax a little bit and then get to bed and wake up early and hit it hard the next day the ground running it's really the only thing i can do anymore anyway well uh what do i want to start with any any follow-ups or previous week things to, to go over no this
1: this is the Jeremy show. I have, I have
0: very few things this week. I already told it you. Seems kinda, it I already seems told you I don't have any s- things of substance. Seems this like this a is pretty uh, lull in the news. Yeah, there's well, <laughs> Salesforce doesn't allow an, a lull in the news usually. But a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago was the back to the good old uh, pay gap well, which that thing keeps uh, keeps producing water somehow. Yeah. And then um, this past week or so, it's been the Oh, what do you call it the um, <laughs> the net zero emissions? Which is, of course, right. you know they've released press releases. It's all over their blog. It's their they release information to the investor community about it. and Of course, you know it's been picked up by. I mean, just go to Google News and put in Salesforce emissions, and hundreds of articles will come up. Do you want to just jump into that? I had I had some notes on that. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but I don't. I mean, it's so, it's a, it's the par for the course, you know.
1: Buying uh, electricity from renew- from places that don't use coal and that, then, uh, yeah, there's
0: well there's the carbon credits. It's not that simple. Well, none of this. Okay, so that's what this this topic in general. It's not near as simple as what anyone, including Salesforce, wants to make it out to be. But okay, so I've got some notes here. So and this is from Salesforce in 2015. Salesforce set itself a climate change goal of achieving net zero. Gosh, this is not working. Hang on. For achieving net zero uh, greenhouse emissions by 2050. And today they announced. Okay, let me read this again. In 2015, that was two years ago, right? Salesforce set a climate change a climate change goal. What's it do a climate change? They don't. You can't set a climate change goal. They're not. They're not going to change the climate. Uh, of achieving net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. Okay, so in 2015 they set a goal for 2050. That's 35 years. Mm-hmm. And today, the company has announced that it has met that goal in 2017. So, John, instead of instead of this taking 35 years, it only took them two years. Are you saying 15 or 50? Isn't 50? I said both. You're, that's why I'm. That's why I read this again because I can tell you're not listening. To me. You're, I don't know what you're reading. You're not listening. In 2015, they set the goal that in 2050 they would reach this goal. They would meet some number. But instead of, the, instead of it taking them that full 35 years, it took them two years for this net zero goal. Uh, what do you have to say about that? All I can say is, this is amazing. It's a magical. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get excited about that kind of stuff. because I, I, That would be amazing. <laughs>
1: Just I do, I know it's kind of grandstanding. It's it's so, <laughs> because 90 percent of the time they figure out you know well, what the magic all, number so is. So supposedly and they open up their okay. wallet and they buy their way into it.
0: Supposedly they hired they I don't know if they hired some farm. Some, so i read some vagueness about that. There was some something that helped them track them. But they don't release. There's no information on the data they used for this. That the the, the um, uh, what do you call it? Um, the, the process, the for how they measure the scientific process for how they determine this, mm-hmm. um, the, the the methodology basically no, nothing on that whatsoever. This is just take our word for it. We're badass. We're saving the world. We're letting people pee where they want to, and you know, paying women the same as men. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Over many years, Salesforce has been laying the groundwork for today's milestones by following a three step iterative process. So they're, they're applying uh, their Scrum process to this, John. It's, it's oh, nice. iterative. <laughs> Although it, it shouldn't have been iterative, it only took them two years. I mean, I can understand if it took them 35 years. Okay. Yeah. Be iterative, but only two years. That, that's amazing. Uh, so the three steps are avoid, reduce, and mitigate. Okay. So here are some examples of those three things avoid. The multi-tenant architecture of the Salesforce platform is 50 times more carbon and energy efficient than on-premise software. As a result, Salesforce avoided 2 million metric tons of emissions last year alone. So they're literally counting the fact that if the software was run on-premise, it would use more energy, but it's not run on-premise. So they're taking credit for that. (laughs) <laughs> so they they calculated.
1: No, are they saying that they calculated the customers that would have would office, have office, would, office if, if Salesforce said,
0: didn't exist, the world right. would be this much worse. <laughs> it works, right? The numbers work. Oh my gosh! It's
1: statistics, man, you can get them to say whatever you want.
0: <laughs> and you know what? As Benioff says, I think they. I think he should take a bow for that. Thank you. <laughs> should. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> All right. So that, (laughs) that, 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 you know what that reminds me of, though, is the jobs. Remember the Obama administration that the jobs saved or, 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 no, created or saved. They created or saved, you know, 10 million jobs. Well, how do you count jobs saved? It's like, how do you even count these things? (laughs) They're, what, uh, they're, they're hypothetical. They don't need, you know, whatever. Okay. So the second step was reduce. Ongoing projects throughout our, throughout our operations, such as investing in green office spaces and improve, <laughs> is that What do they do? Paint their mindfulness zones green? How, how do you invest in green office spaces? What does that mean? Uh, I mean, because I saw where they're building the tower. I don't know what's green. It doesn't look very green. It looks like glass and concrete to me. Yeah. Uh, and improving... Maybe there's a, a tree on that top floor. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, they, and improving their data center efficiency. Uh, which continues to drive changes. Okay, savings, whatever. All right. Last step: mitigate. Last year, to make progress toward our goal of 100% renewable energy and net zero greenhouse gas emissions, Salesforce signed two virtual power pur- virtual John virtual power purchase agreements for a combined 64 megawatts of wind power, offsetting a significant portion of our not all of it, but a significant portion of our consumption for years to come. So they so they have virtually saved the planet. Not for real,
1: but virtually. Does that mean they went and spent some or gave gave a certain amount of money they would have spent on electricity to to some wind farm to get up and running or Oh no,
0: no, no. They they are they're still buying their dirty electricity, but they're also bought some virtual clean electricity which uh, makes everything better. You know, it whitewashes all the bad stuff away.
1: Also, for every 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 watt that you Consume dirty, you buy a clean version of it. Yeah, but and, that doesn't uh, und- offset
0: it. That doesn't undo the dirty. You've just you've taken the dirty, but you've added some that's not as dirty. Because th- still, I mean, look at wind farms. I mean, look at the look at the carbon it takes to get those giant freaking things to where they are. Have you seen a, a truck that's pulling one? Just a single a blade, uh, single blade. Yeah, it's like two trucks long. Yeah, so it's not like you're you're somehow negating. Carbon, you're you're actually adding more carbon by putting these things up. Just less, maybe, than if you were, say, burning na- liquid natural gas for energy. Mm-hmm. Well, this is interesting. So, in uh, Greenpeace's 2017 Clicking Clean report card, Salesforce got a did not get an A as other some other companies did. They got a B. So it's like, okay, how do you achieve your 35 year stretch goal in two years while at the same time only getting a B? So why did they does it explain why they only got a B? Because the rapidly growing sales force has expanded into areas that largely rely on coal fired electricity. Mm. John. But they they offset it.
1: They bought some some clean some clean to <laughs> offset the dirty. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Cole's not gonna get
1: you there. It's like they put on <laughs> they put on the dirty underwear and then they put the clean pants over.
0: Exactly. It. So it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Just look at the outer ones. Yeah. That? <laughs> That's like something my seven year old. So, so much if my do. underwear's got streaks in yeah, Exactly. <laughs> don't look at those. Emissions from Salesforce's, this is this is interesting. Again, remember they they accomplished their 35 year goal in two years. And this is from Greenpeace. Emissions from Salesforce's data centers more than doubled in a year's time. From 52,000 metric tons of CO2 to 110,000 metric tons in 2016. Hmm. And you know what else I guarantee you Salesforce doesn't count in this? The fact that they encourage, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to fly out there. Every year, how many, how many hundreds of thousands of metric tons? Yeah, what's the carbon footprint for I mean, Dreamforce? Or, or these all these towers? I mean, I know people have to work somewhere, but I mean, I don't know, but you know what? Maybe towers are more efficient than, um, than less tall buildings. I don't, I don't know, but I mean,
1: well, ideally, if it's a brand new building, then they're building in a lot of you know, a new, newer, efficient technologies and air conditioning and all that kind of stuff that would normally be be pretty, pretty bad. But
0: I, but I love it that mo- mo- so much of this. Carbon, whatever, offs or you know, improvement is because of their multi tenant. I know it's because of the scalable metadata platform. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, I have a it's not a bad argument. I have John, I have a, a quote from the late great George Carlin, I think sums this up. You ready? Okay, all businessmen are completely foolish. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the mark that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. Oh, you know, it just I, well, does this seem does this seem particularly egregious just because we hyper focus on Salesforce or, or do all are all companies like this?
1: No, I well no, it, all of them are like this. I mean, it, when Facebook opened up one of their new data centers, there was a big focus on on their carbon neutrality and you know and where they got their power and how they got their power and. And and all that kind of stuff. So so when these bigger companies open their data centers, it, it, there is a lot of stories and, and talk about you know how much energy they're using and and what the impact is to the environment. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah. No. So, you know, if this plays out like it did last time, we're over here giving you know talking about this next week. Google will be in the news for for uh, for getting like a, a an F rating in in carbon neutrality. right
0: yeah. Uh, Uber will get an F. That's who'll get an F.
1: Oh yeah, because they're, they're
0: horrible people. <laughs>
1: Unless they're all, unless every one of their drivers are driving around in electric cars.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, but it doesn't matter. They're, they're. Well, I guess, I guess electric would be. But then, you know, the thing with electric is, I mean, where do we get our electricity from around here? Doesn't matter. Well, it's all, it's all. You broke the chain. It's all. You um, broke the chain.
1: You're, you're electric, Non-renewable. So you're not, you're not. Yeah. You're not polluting. So. Well,
0: this has already got me stressed out, John. I.
1: I noticed you started out.
0: Just, <laughs> I didn't bring all. that up. I did not. I had to jump down to my notes. That was further down. Well, you, I, you because I was out.
1: making the well. Because that's all. That's the only news there is right now. (laughs) There's no Salesforce news right now.
0: (sighs) All right. So we have we have beer again. This is from. Start with beer. Look how pretty this bottle is. How how much beer did you bring? This is a seven fifty. This is, but it's not. I don't think it's high alcohol. It's 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 low percentage. This is um because you remember I'm running on no sleep here. This is (laughs) this is from Jester King. It's called Dichotomous, but they do this beer. A twice a year, and they have for like five years now. Huh. And every year they do, I believe, um, different fruits in it. And they also do it, I think they do it, yeah, they, what did I say, twice a year? Mm-hmm. They do it. This one's called, this one is the 2015 autumnal. And then they have, um, oh, whatever the word is for the opposite time of the year. I'm, I can't remember what they call it. But, Springle? <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure that's it. Let's see, Jester King, Dichotomous... Herbernal or Ibernal. I don't even know how you pronounce that um, but you know it, so they do it I think with different fruit every time, and they do it at different times a year, and this is a spontaneously fermented beer, so spontaneously right so they don't they don't pitch like um lab produced you know highly controlled yeast to to ferment this. they probably put the beer into a cool ship an open cool ship, and raise the windows they have they have like a big it's almost like a giant barn and they just let all the stuff that's floating around and they, they, well, they also have their, they have their own cultures that they've developed, like their Mm -hmm. own proprietary, just of their, of all the barrels used, they've used and all the fruits and everything they've got. They've been maintaining their own culture, just a mix of bacteria and and wild yeasts and stuff, native, all native stuff. But I thought I would read something about this. So, uh, Jester King, all of our beers reflect the conditions of their production where and when they were brewed and fermented. The ingredients we use for brewing, hill country well water, by the way, they're in just west of Austin, so that's hill country, locally malted grains and native yeast and bacteria for fermentation all evoke a sense of place. However, we also like to think that our beers evoke a sense of time. Most seasonal beers on the market are brewed to be consumed in a particular season. Our mixed culture fermentations, however, work at their own pace, taking several months to attenuate and develop complex flavor profiles and they don't lend themselves to per, uh, precise release dates. Instead, we like to make beers that, when finished, remind us of the moment they're brewed and the conditions of their fermentation. It's almost kind of like wine. So
1: the the condition, the season, and the the year matters. Uh, yeah, it's yep. it's not consistent. Exactly. But, but with well, with that inconsistency, you you get you potentially
0: could get something really great, ex- or or something bad, right? I mean, yeah. and they they've certainly had to dump their fair share of batches. When things just don't go well, especially when you're relying on wild and spontaneous fermentation. I mean, you could get some nasty stuff in there. Mm. But, you know, Jester King, I mean, it, it, look at most breweries. I mean, their goal is to create the most consistent, shippable, sh- shelf stable product so that they're. And a slap a. Yeah, so funny that, name so on that it. when you go to the store and you buy, you know, your Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, it tastes like it, like you expect it to taste all the time. And Jester King just has, from their begin from the beginning, they have kind of eschewed, eschewed that. Is that the right is that how I said Shoot what? They've to that. Eschewed? Um and they, yeah, they they really try to promote the variation depending on what the malt is like, what the mm-hmm. what's floating around in the air, what the, the temperatures and things like that. So they anyway, all right. Enough of that. Well, this has let me see which fruits this has, though. Um let's see. So this is this was their now, this is a couple years old, but this was their the seventh in their series. Um the ingredients were Texas Satsuma mandarins and cinnamon using a simple malt bill. Okay. All right. Sounds... Now let's watch this be a gusher and we don't even have anywhere to put this if it does. You got that's, that's the danger of these spontaneously fermented beers that, have, that I've had for two years now. Now you're starting to scare me. <laughs> oh, there it goes. Oh, oh shit. Oh my God. Oh, shit. Oh, God.
1: Oh my this, god! This is a fail. This is
0: a fail. fail Here, uh, there we go. Again. Uh, on the air. Uh, oh my gosh! So we should pause for a second, and we're back. <laughs> now that the Surf Pro Fire and Restoration guys have cleaned this place up, <laughs> so that w- <laughs> so for people, that, I don't know how much of that will come across. I guess we'll. Some of that will probably be noticeable, but we, we indeed did indeed have a gusher. <laughs> yes. Everywhere. That was just, was that irony? What was that? That was payback from something. <laughs> um, anyway, it's not very cold either. I, that was in the fridge all day. Really? Yeah.
1: It's a lot. That's a lot to, uh, which
0: I think says something about the fridge. Yeah. Anyway. I like it. definitely has a barnyard thing going on. You know, it tastes... Yeah. Uh, it's not sour. I, would, I mean, it, it has a little bit of a tartness to it. Right. A fruity tartness, mm-hmm. but, um, but there's some funk there. Yeah, I get that. Anyway, I mean, yeah, this is... Um, I think this is a good beer. I've had a few different variations of it, the different times of year and with different fruits. Anyway. Uh, I need to do a marker. All right. <laughs> Moving on. To cut out now that we have marriages. The, uh, the emergency. Well, I, so I don't. I don't know that I have a lot of Salesforce stuff. Um, just random other crap. So if you tuned in for Salesforce stuff, you can probably just uh, skip the rest <laughs> of this. Oracle has been continuing on a buying spree. I don't know if you've seen this. Who no. was it they bought a while back? Uh, they bought Apiary, um, which is like an API. I guess management, performance, and management. Kind of tool. But um just this week they bought two companies that I saw, Moat and Rec, uh <laughs> Worker, which <laughs> I because of the way they spell it, I always read it as Wrecker. It's W-E-R-C-K-E-R. It's Worker, yeah. but I always see Wrecker. I always want to say Wrecker. Anyway, um, and they're both you know kind of cloud development tools so they are really uh c- continuing to invest i guess and they're rolling those into their cloud platform which I have you have you looked at their cloud pl- platform at all development no, wise i you know it's like how do you even get started on oracle's cloud if you're not an existing customer with you know all the right logins and credentials i don't even know how you get there
1: I mean that's the point. Yeah. I mean they, they have so much uh, so much of
0: a uh, legacy. I haven't they can tr- draw from. yeah, and I you know I've got my hands full with with you know AWS and Heroku and Azure and Circle CI and CloudBees. I I don't I just haven't had a need. To, I didn't I haven't even really tried to go and look. I haven't given them a shot. But that's my perception with Oracle. Every time I go to Oracle's website looking for something, I'm just like I can't find anything here. Of course, Salesforce <laughs> is the same way. You ever try to find something on? Well, no, they're I, better. Salesforce is better. Some of their more specific sites, like the, the developer site, I'll go to. But
1: I, the, their website, I, I don't really spend a lot of time going to their website. Yeah. <clears throat> Every once in a while, I'll log in just to see, you know, I don't know what, what it looks like. but
0: Right. Thought a lead gen form. I guess, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Moat is a, an online attention measurement system for agencies, brands, and publishers to improve their marketing. So this is interesting. They, they, uh, I watched a video that was not recent, but it was from, I guess, their CEO. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's talking all about attention. And it's, I guess there's a big problem with online advertising having to do with attention and basically, uh, and viewability. That's what he was talking about a lot, viewability. Basically, he's saying that like half of the ads on the internet are, are essentially not even viewable. It's the equivalent of you're driving down the road and there's a billboard, but it's painted on the wrong side. Hmm. And, uh, essentially, no one's going to see it. And then he's talking about, you know, how TV attention waning is how, and how digital attention is improving. And so that's, you know, there's, even though there's still way more, you know, ad dollars that go into TV than digital, it's, it's, it's continuing to change. But, you know, we've got, the, again, this viewability problem. It, he said it would be like, you know, in, in the TV, as a TV comparison, if, because what happens right now with TV ads, like your, your content stops and, you know, ads show up right there where you're looking. Right and you're and and you you don't have a choice to scroll past it or whatever right that and that's the model that we've always had, whereas in the in the web, you know of course it's gotten horrible, but the way ads are supposed to work is they're kind of on the side or across the top, and they usually don't block content mm-hmm. but again, I guess unless you're on youtube <clears throat> I, I know or, or these other just i mean heck, go to any web i can't even go to, I can't even go to Forbes or Fortune or any of these sites anymore it there's just they don't even work. Yeah, you're, you're forced to kind of sit at that,
1: I don't know what you call it, a splash screen or something, but it, it's just an ad screen.
0: I don't even mind that as much as once I actually get to the thing I'm going to, if there are so many, and in the hundreds of advertising scripts and trackers that it that the page just basically never finishes. Sometimes they never finish loading. It just never finishes initializing. And I can't even scroll. I mean, it's, yeah. it's locked my Chrome browser up on the newest computer you can get. It <laughs> freezes my computer. Oh then to make it worse, some sites
1: will they'll page their content, so you get like a first <laughs> couple of paragraphs and you have to click next yeah. and you get a whole new set of ads and right. everything and then you have to click next to keep going I mean though those when I see that I just I, I close it. I don't even bother with it.
0: anyway, apparently mode is all about like viewability and and tracking um and, and measuring and and driving attention so I don't know they can automatically pull data from all these other systems like double click. Um, try to look at other ones I recognize. Nielsen, Crux, Grapeshot. Well, I've never even heard of these.: So they are get, they just an aggregator to try to well, find you know what
1: type of medium is best for th- for advertising?
0: No, no, I don't think so. I think what they're doing is they can they ag- well, first of all, they're aggregating the data from all these different systems, but mm-hmm. they're also measuring it in ways. And I think they have their own, in addition to those things, they have their own tools for measuring attention and viewability. In order to again better know and better track and your the effectiveness, but also in in you know increase it. Anyway, they've raised a total of sixty seven million dollars, so they're a decent sized little shop, hmm. and they've been profitable for the past two years. And their revenue tripled from two thousand fourteen to two thousand fifteen. So they actually they had a, had, <clears throat> had a good business going, and Oracle says they're going to remain in, uh, independent. Wait a minute, they'll remain an independent platform. Within the Oracle Data Cloud, <laughs> is that a self-contradictory s- sentence? There, no. They'll remain independent within the Oracle Data Cloud. <laughs> That's—I don't think you can be independent if you're if you live within the Oracle Data Cloud. Anyway, I know you'll find some way to prove, you know, to argue that, but I don't, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, Moat's <laughs> enterprise client base and industry-leading attention analytics and intelligence suite provide a strong complement to Oracle Data. Clouds attention or audience targeting and measurement solutions. So yeah, Oracle's got a lot of you know they they have. Um, Keep using this word attention. I'm just that's the big that's the big buzzword now. That's, that's the new good, word. that's the thing. That's the new market and word viewability. Viewability.
1: Hmm.
0: Anyway, the other one worker. So this wouldn't look like to me. It reminded me a lot of um, Circle CI, just the UI and kind of what it does. Except that you know they talk about Circle CI and CloudBees. They compare themselves with these. And I've never. I mean, I've used Circle CI. I've used CloudBees. I know people who have used both of those. I've never. Heard of anyone even using worker? I'd never heard of worker before, mm. but it's like it's a, just it's like a CI/CD thing. Um, they it works with Docker, okay. I don't know, it there they were a little thing though. They would raised, I think, seven million in across three rounds, and they had they were a freemium model, so they mm. may, not, may not even have even had that many paying customers. I think Oracle just liked their software their system it's like hey we could you know just build that into our so are they keeping the app or
1: are they they just doing an aqua hire
0: well I think they're going to integrate the app and just make it part of the Oracle system but uh, yeah I mean Oracle is definitely recognizing you know the need to you know buy all these little companies that provide these different pieces so they can put together a nice cloud development platform or you know it seems that's the goal That's Oracle. <clears throat> so um what was it last week when I was talking about um the, the the most dangerous things in in software development, probably other other aspects of building stuff as well. It's it's not even the unknown unknowns, it's the things that you th- you know really well that are you think are just givens. Oh, we know those. We don't have to spend any time working on those. We already know those. You right. know it's a a similar example of that is have you ever had someone say, "Oh, you know, we we had the system built on Microsoft Access, and we just want to re- rebuild the same thing, but on .NET or Salesforce or whatever," yeah. and they and they want to shortcut the any kind of analysis requirements or un, you know user stories or planning or anything because just make it like this, but on Salesforce or yeah. on whatever. And, and and actually, I've I've done enough of those uh, to know that I don't do those anymore. If, if they don't, if they want to agree to still fully participate in the in the development of the system, and they meaning the client, then I I won't do it. It's just, it's not, it doesn't turn out well. But that's an example of that. It's like you think you know it so well that you don't have to spend any time thinking about it anymore. And that's, that's just the opposite. Of it. But anyway, I found a Mark Twain, I just ran across a Mark Twain quote. It ain't, it, uh, yeah, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Yeah, that fits. <laughs> pretty awesome, huh? Yeah. I put that on my Skype status. I've been doing that. <laughs> I've been, I've been uh, making my Skype statuses interesting over the past few months. I really don't use Skype anymore. Yeah. Uh, we got a bunch of other stuff. I mean, there's random things. Uh, you see the H one B changes, or the, supposedly that the make what is it? Um, buy America and and build America or work America, something like that. This initiative. No. Um, I know it had a lot to do with buying American, but the 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 work part had to do with H one B visas, and there was nothing specific. Actually, I, I think I read part of this. I think it was an executive order. Nothing specific, really. It just basically told the regulators to, "Hey, do what the H one B system is supposed to do," meaning it's for I don't know the exact wording, but it's for like the best and the brightest. It's people that are really in demand and highly educated. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the people who we want to be bringing into the country, right? Um, not <clears> people <throat> to replace middle income earners and and hollow out the country, right? Which is or these, you know, the the biggest, um, I would say, what you know, sponsors or whatever of H one B visas are the three you know, Indian outsourcing companies. So uh, Tata, Infosys, Wipro, I think. Uh, so that, you know, they have big shops in the United States. They bring in H-1Bs and then they you, just use them to, so that companies can basically outsource their IT or whatever to these companies for, you know, cheap or whatever. So, I, you know, what's interesting those you know, as far as it applies to Salesforce or any of the companies we usually talk about, I really don't think it, it's going to make that big of a deal to them because when you look at the way they use H-1Bs, and I've looked at the data; they appear to use them correctly. Like they're bringing in like really smart people and paying them well. You know, it's not this indentured servant, although they kind of are indentured servants because you're just stuck with that employer that sponsors you. Or was it five or six years, something like that? But they at least pay, seem to seem to be paying them. You know, oh, oh, again, they're getting the right people and they're they, they're paying them fair fair wages. But it's uh, the it's, it's it's not you know again, it's not the Facebooks and the Salesforces and the Googles. It's it's these. Uh, uh, you know I guess they're outsourcing companies or whatever whatever they're called that that have been abusing it but that's going to change I remember reading several months ago how you know those companies these outsourcing companies uh had really started an initiative to start hiring a- Americans because they knew they knew this was coming yeah, I remember us talking about that. You bringing it up before? It's just like, I mean, why do you why do you set up shop in America if not to hire Americans? Well, I mean, obviously because I can play the arbitrage and, and make money off of bringing in. I mean, I, it makes sense. It's, it's it's a strategy, but well, you, you you're hey, it closer was, to your John, customers, it, and it was good while it lasted.
1: <laughs> you're closer to your customers. You can take them out for steaks, and that's true. And then there
0: you go. It's all about the steaks, man. I haven't asked John here, and this is just a, a little thing, but it's been an annoyance of mine. It uh, tw- hit me twice this week with different, two different clients. Why are sandbox refreshes or or just creations so slow still? I mean, they're taking multiple days, and these are just for like developer sand or developer pro sandboxes. Yeah, And I just don't understand it, because I, I'm i led to believe that Salesforce kind of has something to do with cloud computing. Maybe it may have even been involved in, <laughs> you know, I don't know, tw- at the beginning of it, creating some of this stuff. And if Salesforce is really cloud computing, when 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 the load gets to be too heavy, you just add compute. But they're not set up this that is way. This is cloud. That the pods don't scale that way, I don't think. Well, then it's not cloud. I, I just don't understand this. There shouldn't, I mean, and I understand if there's like, you get a real quick spike, you know, maybe something happens or whatever, and, you know, it takes some time for the system to scale up. But these things that are just, I mean, Days after days, after weeks, after months, after months, the sandbox, you're waiting in line. You're in queue. It's not that it takes that long to make a sandbox. It's just that you've got a 1,000 people in front of you. Add compute. This is cloud. This is why people pay $1,500 per user, per year. To not have to worry about this crap. But is that, is that why the pod exists? Is to scale? I don't care about pods. I, don't, I shouldn't have to care about pods. I'm a Salesforce customer it's Salesforce is the most scalable metadata, pl- intelligent customer success metadata platform ever. <laughs> right? So, why do I care about pods or whatever? Like, I should get what I'm paying for. It shouldn't take days to create a sandbox. Well, I mean, the, the pods do matter because
1: if a pod gets overloaded with too many people on it with, with a lot of data and they have to start splitting people off into other pods or create new pods and or make the pods
0: bigger. bigger. I don't you know I don't care. That's the thing. i split off pods, make new pods, add more compute to the pods. I don't care what you do. That's not my problem. I don't care about that. That's an, that's their implementation detail that as a customer I don't have any control over. I don't really have any knowledge about. There's not there's not a lot of information about it. There's nothing I can do about it. So I don't care. I just want that problem to be solved. I just want to get what I'm paying for. I want Salesforce to live up to their promise.
1: Well, their promise to who? Cuz I mean we got to remember that uh, when it comes to a lot of the stuff that
0: we face, I, pro- as developers, I, I promise to pay Salesforce a bunch of money. They promise to provide a scalable cloud platform that gives me what I've paid for.
1: And once you're in production and running, I think you're getting that. But the problem is, is the stuff no, that we John, face no,
0: as, I don't, I don't pay for just production. I pay for it all. <laughs> it's <not> like sandbox is <laughs> free. Does
1: the CI? Are you working with CIOS? To go, man, I wish the sandbox refresh was was a lot faster because it's costing me money. No.
0: Oh yes, I do. When that, when we can't get stuff done because we're waiting, we've changed all of our dates now. Because we're waiting for sa- we didn't realize the sandboxes were going to take this long or, or just the free refresh cycles are too long. They they actually absolutely do care about it.
1: Well, well, well here's here's the thing. Then doesn't matter because you already paid for your three year license. I know you're stuck because
0: another reason why it's not cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I you should, mean you should be it, able to it, scale. I mean, it Seems
1: cynical, but I mean once the once the deal's done and the licenses are, are there, I don't think there's much incentive for the platform to perform any better, other than for it to remain uptime for production. I don't think the sandbox stuff or anything else seems to matter. Yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe DX will change that. I don't know. But it, for the longest time, I know I've felt like, you know, when it comes to developer and, and the platform itself you know we were, we were low on
0: the totem pole because we had to get to the fastest 10 billion. I'm just reading it. this is I had to pull this back up just to find this because I thought this is an interesting characterization. This is a Red Monk article from today, from Mr. James Governor. Here's this quote. You want super cheap hosted storage and compute at web scale payable by the hour? Just provide your credit card and uh, credit card details. Costs of storage keep credit, cratering because everything's now networked, telemetry becomes super easy. He's talking about cloud. And but that is not the cloud that we're getting with Salesforce. Well, that cloud is... We don't get payable by just what you use. We don't get scalable. We get limits. And we get, you pay, you commit up front to years of committed usage. And then you can't refresh the sandbox or your takes two hours to run, you know, a not big amount of tests.
1: Oh, well, show me your SLA then.
0: Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) It just it blows the mind that, that people don't care about this. Like you know, I remember they, they also the, the lock in factor. No one cares about any of this stuff anymore. Did or, they ever? Well, oh, absolutely.
1: No, I mean a bunch of articles were, p- were published on CIO magazine or something that said you should be caring about lock in, and everyone started caring about lock in, and now no one cares. Everyone now now the new thing is you should be on cloud. Why are you hosting your own data center? You shouldn't be doing that. You should be on a cloud well, somewhere. The,
0: the reality is the reason the CIOs don't care is because the CMOS. <laughs> And the, and the VPs of sales took this problem away from the CIOs. And CIOs were like, oh, you're, you're saying you want to do Salesforce? Okay, fine. Go ahead, do Salesforce. CIO is no longer responsible for that. No. So he, so, and the VP of sales doesn't even know what lock-in means. It, it's, a, it's a win-win. <laughs> it is. He gets his bonus and, uh, and, and
1: doesn't have to, you know, if something happens, he just bumps that up to, to Salesforce and saying, well,
0: get it. I, obviously, I'm, just, I'm frustrated right now. Um, because I I've had to change plans with m- multiple clients this week. Two clients. Why are you having to change plans? Because we can't get anything done. We can't even spin up a new sandbox for QA. I can't spin up a sandbox for even for development on a new, for a new client. Hmm. So, um, let's see. Facebook uh, F eight going on this week. You following that at all?
1: A little bit. I mean, I I picked up on the highlights of the things, the uh, messaging and. Uh, all their camera photo augment or augmentation
0: stuff, which is actually
1: looks pretty interesting. Augmented
0: reality. You got to be careful. There's different types of augmentation. You have to specify what you're talking about. Augment
1: all the things. (laughs) We're augmenting reality, but it it does seem it's interesting because in when when Zuckerberg was describing it, he kind of alluded to the glasses, you know, because he talked about augmented reality and they're using the camera on your phone. And and this is the
0: Snapchat thing, right? And in the Snap glasses. I mean, they're they're yeah. they're trying to kill Snapchat now. They are. And you know what they, they're talking about with augmented reality? Not not useful stuff. Like I don't know um, what Yelp tried to do with you know you hold the phone up and you can just see the restaurants or what or the thing where you hold the phone up at night and you can see the, the stars. Which is I guess more entertaining than really useful. But no, what he means by augmented reality is holding your phone up to your face and putting bunny ears on your head. Exactly. I mean, really. Yes. this is. I know. I'm, this is literally where we're putting billions of dollars
1: into yes. this. Because they know their audience. They know the audience they're trying to attract. And that's we're, the, the we're younger. We're turning
0: people into drones us, who can't get their phone out of their us face.
1: old people don't get on Facebook. We don't share a bunch of crap. It, it's all the younger generation. Like you're not, you're and those snapping, are the eyeballs Jim? they want for advertising because that's how they make their money. You don't snap? No. Yeah. I don't even have an account. <laughs> I don't have an Instagram. I don't have a snap. The only thing I have is a Twitter, a Facebook, which I barely am on anymore. And um, that's it.
0: Yeah, Slack. I guess. Yeah. Well, they're also so Facebook is also trying to kill Slack. Speaking of that, yeah. So uh, so uh, what's the What's we talked about this before? the is workplace messenger. Nope, that's different. I was talking about workplace. You see the news oh, on that?
1: Uh, no, I I saw the logo, but I didn't get to dig into it.
0: But yeah, there was news on uh, on messenger and workplace. Messenger was what they. They're partnering more, I guess, Salesforce more and... Um, I think those are just Slack. lines. Slack also. Yeah. They um, Who else? Atlassian or... I can't remember. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even use Facebook Messenger. I mean, I use Facebook, but I don't, I don't use Messenger. I don't need another messaging platform. I don't either, but uh, apparently a ton of people do. I think so. And I mean, it sounds like it's like really robust. They've just built a ton of crap into it. It's got... Um, one of their problems was... I, I thought I had notes on this, but... I don't know where they are. They have, there are like 15,000 bots available. And so the problem has been that you can't find what bot you're looking for. There's too many. <laughs> well, that's the problem of
1: all these. How are there 15,000 bots on Facebook? Bot <laughs> stores and everything else. When there's an app for everything, then how do you know? I don't know. That's when curation has to really kick in.
0: When I mean, your wife uses Facebook, mine does too. So let's go home. Let's both go home and ask them, hey, uh, do you know anything about. Bots on Facebook Messenger and see I want to know. What if any, if normal people know what the hell this is?
1: I, I would bet money that, that no. Right,
0: well, sorry. Let's, Go that's, we're going to, we'll report back next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so Facebook says that for, they have 14,000 companies on their workplace. And it's, I'm trying, I was trying to figure out like, what is this workplace? But it's, it's got, you know, all kinds of collaboration built in, video sharing and communicating, f- uh, calling, vo- you know, voice stuff, colli- all kinds of collaborative stuff. Well, employees got to love it because they can be on Facebook and do all their personal stuff, but still be official, still have it as an official product. Product. They say they don't have any competition for this type of product. Uh, the, the competition is old technologies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, It's all old, it's yeah. all old technology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all what? What, some kind of port or webhook or,
0: you know, it's all the same thing. It's all HTTP, post, get, response. Okay, here's my messenger notes. Yeah, they have tens of thousands of bots, but they're hard to find. Uh, they're launching a dedicated discovery tab, a new QR, These new things called QR codes, John, have you ever heard of those? No. It's the latest technology. Wow. They really, uh, yeah, it's, it's the next big thing. <laughs> The, <laughs> we're going to give uh, yeah. speaking about QR codes he says they, whoever this is we're going to give these another go they're going to they're going to try to revive QR codes again React got a, has got a, I guess they I don't know if it's finally released or what because apparently it's not news but there's a whole rewrite of React called React Fiber really? yeah it's supposedly similar and it'll be not mm. too hard to port you know from or upgrade your code from to Fiber but it's, they say it's pretty much a ground up rewrite. Really? Yeah.
1: Curious of what, what, what it is they're trying to rewrite. I
0: mean, it's. Um, let's mm-hmm. see. Now, when is that going to come out? Well, it, they've been working on it for a while. I think, I think it's been, it's not really news. Fiber, fiber. Fiber, the American English spelling, I guess. Okay, so the idea is is that the company has learned from developing React the first time around, and they put that into an updated framework that is still fully backwards compatible. Hmm. The main focus here is to make React as responsive as possible. Um, We're always looking to see how we can help developers build high-quality apps quicker. We want to make it easier to make apps that perform very well and make them responsive. And then, then, of course, the question is: Well, why? Why do you have to rewrite it from scratch? And well, it could be just transitioning over to DS6 stuff, and they
1: said some of the legacy.
0: Yeah, now they want to start with a new foundation that could power everything that they are going to do going forward. It was developed from the ground up to be extensible. Hmm. It's just these are all generic terms. Though. Who knows what all this means? Anyway, I mean, probably just you know getting the craft out. Learning when you, every time you build something, you learn lessons. Yeah. I mean, that's why the first, the first version of anything you build is basically, should be considered a throwaway for the most part.
1: Well, I wonder if, it, if it'll reduce the number of kind of extension applications that you put in. I mean, you, you start a, a React project and you, you add in...
0: What was that? That was my computer. Well, I have this... Um, I don't know if this is some kind of assistive technology, but every time I do something wrong, I get this weird... I've never gotten this before. I just started doing it like a week ago. Huh. I, have to, I haven't dug into it and figured out what it is. Maybe I turned on some sound. Is that the little but, cricket but, chirp sound?
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's coming through because you're, you're hooked up for sound clips.
0: Yes, that's what I was I was trying to, to figure out
1: why it was coming through on the audio. Yeah. Anyways. Yep. Um, so they announced it, but you can't use it
0: yet, or what? No, I, th- I think, I, I don't know, I haven't looked. I think it's available now, though. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I, I still haven't, you know, I just haven't gotten into. I've been, I'll have to get I've one been busy enough. Many, many package managers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, speaking of just React and just all the JavaScript stuff, there is kind of some r- uh, backlash, I would say, you know, f- bubbling up around. Uh, what are they called? Ele- uh, electron at type apps. Electron apps, specific- specifically. Really? Yeah. Why? I uh, just. The fact that, you know, you end up, you know, you can easily end up just if you're a typical user with some apps and a web browser with, you know, many instances of full, basically full Chrome, first of all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, every every siloed electron-based app is running full Chrome. Um, and that, you know, in Slack, gets a lot of a lot of uh, heat for this. The fact that it's basically using, at any given time, like 10% CPU, even when nothing's happening. It's a memory hog, and, and it still is, just done it you know you're, it's never going to feel like a native app it's never going to perform as well as a native app
1: yeah and, and i don't know early on whenever people started talking about web applications being the thing and oh you know native applications were were a thing of the past i mean that was one of my arguments was that it just they're they're not going to perform well they're not going to be native there's you know you're not going to have access to the to all the APIs and everything that are available on the OS yeah but having said that i mean a, a lot of these tools and systems have have Come a long way
0: and have exposed a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and I think I mean the benefit that you get from because think about it, if you need to make you have a few options if you want to make a cross-platform d- desktop app, right? Yeah, cross-platform is a big, a big. You've got Carrot. Um, you got web technologies, so things like Electron. You've got these cross-platform kind of like C C things like Cute. Yeah, or you have Qt. to go back to really low-level stuff. Yes. Um. What else do you have? What are your other options? I Just thought
1: of some. About an they've. YouTube is the only one that comes to mind. There, there was a, there was a few others. I remember looking into this, but or
0: I guess you not your third option is just Java. completely build different an app for each platform. Yeah. So, given those options, I mean, there's. I think I still think. I mean, yeah, there are some downsides to building an app on Electron, but when you look at the upsides, in many cases, I think it's a good trade-off.
1: It can be, especially if you're starting out and you're trying to, trying to see the viability of your application. I mean, there are plenty of applications that started out using Electron or something like that and then transitioned to native.
0: I think a famous example, and it wasn't Electron, but it was a, a web technology app, was um, the Facebook mobile app. Was Its first version was... Um, Didn't they know. go back to web, though? Nope. They're still native? I believe so. Hmm. If that's a native app, that's damn impressive. But not Well, I'm it, not yeah,
1: I remember not. at the time that when Facebook said we're, we're going native because all this web technology just wasn't performant well enough, there's a bunch of people who came out and said, you're just doing it wrong. We looked at the transactions. The I remember that. are <laughs> coming back, and, and you're just doing it wrong. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and they were able to prove that, you know, they could get it to work and be performant using web technologies. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, and, uh, what was it? Wunderlist did that. They started out with this kind of cross-platform, and but even when they transitioned to native, it still held a lot of its web
0: technologies. Evernote. Um, well, the ar- the argument is, is that you know, it, it, by building it with web technologies, you get to market faster. You get that whole MVP. You get the benefits of the feedback and being able to pivot before you run out of money. You know, yeah. if you if you've said started started from the beginning to build native versions, you know, two or three different. Apps from the ground up, you may not even get to the point where you can get these things out the door. You're out. You're out of business.
1: Yeah, Uh, Evernote's actually a different story because they built, I believe, a .NET for Windows, and then they had some C libraries, and then they ended up building building out more of their C library. Yeah, and then they went full C on on their Windows version. Okay, I'm sorry, on their yeah on their Windows version, and then of course they had the what is it Objective C version in Mac,
0: right? Uh, let's see, what else? Balmer is in the news.
1: I saw our, him our on friend, Our
0: friend Steve Balmer. He's, he's, I guess a, a, he's been working on this, you know, public database, basically. It's a company. There's a company around. I can't remember what it's called, but the idea is to have a, a public database and a report that, you know, with this army of economists and, you know, professors and engineers they've been uh, assembling um, to, oh, it's called USA Facts, but it's basically to take you know, all government data and just make this tons of government data available, particularly like around costs of things mm-hmm. and taxes and all sorts of stuff. He, he calls it, it's like a 10K for government. So the annual report that public companies have to file, mm-hmm. is, you know, a, yeah, that was his analogy, but um, yeah, he's, he's put like $10 million into it. That's pocket change for him, isn't it? <laughs> it's too expensive. Oh, cool. It is dramatically overpriced. <laughs> uh, I love, Bar- I-, I miss Bomber. I miss me some Bomber. Developers developers developers, <laughs> developers, 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 developers. That just conjures the mental image of him being completely saturated in, in yes, sweat. You know, <laughs> oh God. You know, Please, it, 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 it's I, hard to feel sorry for him though because he does have like $22 billion. So, <laughs> <laughs> hell of a golden parachute. But I don't know. I, at least he got people to
1: interact and clap and cheer and everything. I mean, you look at the the uh, some of these other conferences, like like Oracle's conference or, or even Facebook's conference. I mean, they they were taking long pauses in between their jokes to try to get reactions from the from the crowd. Yeah. I mean, it was long enough pause where the crowd was like, "Oh, I guess we're supposed to respond here. Right. Let's clap." Yeah. Like there there were a few things when they were announcing things. They're like, "And we're gonna announce. I don't know. I'm, I'm spaces and there's a pause. Like they're expecting something. Yeah. And they're." And they would get the clap, or they, you know, it, it was kind of awkward at, at certain points. I think Salesforce and company has trained people well; they know exactly when to clap and cheer.
0: Please clap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's see what else. Um, puny code. This was fascinating. Puny code. All right. So there is a. If I can get this to load, wish I had puny good notes Puny code. On this. Eh, maybe it's puny code. I can't tell if that's saying it's like punny or if it's puny. I don't know what it is. What do you think? Well, tell me about okay, it. Okay, so there, there's a there's an exploit right now, a phishing exploit, I guess, is how it would be categorized on Chrome and Firefox. And what they did was they show that you, you can they can get someone to go to a website. So, do you know this company called Epic that makes like hospital management software, EHR, EMR, whatever the hell it's called? No. No, okay. So they're like the biggest mm-hmm. in that space, huge. I think they're a multi-billion dollar company. They make soft medical software, Epic, and their website is Epic.com. They're able to get people that are running Chrome or Firefox, not Epic, but this these good, they're good guy hackers, I guess, right? White hats. Mm-hmm. To click on a link in an email, and it takes them to epic.com. The web browser shows them the secure and everything. It's all locked. It's gr- everything's green, except it's not Epic. This, they, they scraped Epic site so, so it looks like Epic. Mm-hmm. It's not Epic. And the way they did it was the actual domain was, uh, let's see if I can find it, xn dash dash e1awd7f.com. But it turns out there's some, there's some standard by which if a domain name starts with xn dash dash, the rest is to be interpreted as like a hexadecimal thing that represents uh, Unicode characters. And huh. it's, it's so you can have like Chinese-looking domain names or these other languages with like these really high-order Unicode characters. And so the browser will, if it's XN-Dash, will take the rest of it, interpret it as Unicode, and that will be the domain name. Well, turns out they got, you know, the XN-Dash-E1-AWD7F is epic, is the word epic. Huh. And the browser, Chrome and Firefox do their job the way you would think they're supposed to. And they show you epic.com. They show you Epic. Just like if if those were actually Chinese characters, it would show you the Chinese characters. No one thought, (laughs) no one thought about that, how that could be used to spoof domains. Wow. And because they, oh, and the other thing is like, well, how did they get the HTTPS? How did they get the green lock? And how did it get Chrome to stay secure? Is that because it's cached? Well, the way they did that was they just used, Let's encrypt this. You know this this campaign we've been on to everyone. Enc- uh, let's encrypt, right? You know about this campaign, right? Mm-mm. Oh, it's well. So Google and a lot of these companies have been behind this. Like they basically want every every site to be HTTPS to have, to have oh, a, yeah. a, a TLS, yeah. right? Right. And so there's a website. Let's encrypt, and it's also they also happen to be a recognized certificate authority. So you go to Let's encrypt, and it's free. You can you know get a SSL certificate for JohnDeSantiOtega.com. Of course, they're, they're still supposed to do their due diligence, make, make you send in your driver's license, prove who you are, and all that stuff. But they were able to, to use Let's Encrypt to easily get a, a certificate for that domain. <laughs> but what, for which domain, though? Well, for, for XN- the XN-Dash? Probably the XN one, but it still shows that it's locked. And, it, and the, again, Chrome and Firefox show Epic.com when you go to that domain because it's interpreting the that standard. Huh. That xn dash dash standard, crazy, huh? Yeah. And there's no fix for this right now, <laughs>
1: Because because so does that mean companies have to add this this uh this you hack. Should, you should go to their, there, You to should their go their
0: domains. No, you should go register your. That's what I mean. Xn, XN- go, dash Yeah. Yeah, you should. I should do that for good day, sir. Before someone, <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, before you need that before we release this. Oh, oh, there it is again. It's that cricket. Yeah, You got to get that cricket out of our system the office it smells like beer it does bad I mean that beer gushed everywhere it's all it's all on my keyboard it's in my shoes it's on my pants it's on my socks <laughs> probably my underwear I'm gonna have to get that second pair of underwear to put over them. <laughs> uh, this, this is one of the few times where
1: I wish we could open the windows
0: yeah, let your hair out I know yeah. and I think the only option here is to throw a chair out of it <laughs> that's the only way you're gonna get any fresh air in here well, John, I, I think I'm tapped out, man. I didn't have anything else lined up. You know, what you, What's on your docket? That's about it. I mean, I was, I, we, I saw some of the
1: Google stuff. I'm sorry, the Facebook stuff, the Spaces, the augmented stuff. I don't know. Uh, we got a new Google Earth. Did you see that? No. Runs in the browser?
0: They, it didn't before?
1: Well, it, this has like all new features, and it's got these like certain locations are are really 3D rendered really well. It's probably only Chrome, right? Uh, you know, I haven't tried to use it on anything else. I've only used it on Chrome. But yeah, I don't know. When they showed it off, certain certain areas, the 3D rendering was really good. Like they used Paris as an example and the Eiffel Tower. It looked mm. great. Yeah. Um, but there's still a lot of locations that are still fairly flat or or just the 3D rendering isn't there. But it's showing that they're trying to, they're try, putting investment more into to that 3D technology so you can see that. Yeah. So.
0: Which is cool because my car has... Is that it it Google Earth? Yeah, that's what, it, that's what the overlay is. It's all Google Earth. Oh. So you get to see 3D of everything, huh? I don't know if it, yeah, I guess it is 3D. It, it, yeah, is, it is pretty 3D. nice. It is but
1: uh, I like using it just because I like to go see different places. And my, my daughter does too. She'll, she'll, I'll catch her on Google Earth. She's looking around at places. I'm like, I did the same oh, thing. I'll cool. get stuck
0: for an hour just like, you know, browsing through, uh, I don't know, like Afghanistan or some, some <laughs> random place. <laughs> well, there was one other thing. And then I just had my notes called. Uh, I even forgot what what it was, but it's, it's, I had high velocity written in my notes. And uh, did you hear about high velocity? I, I'll, 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 I don't even well, know if it, I wouldn't be surprised we, if this we had come, high velocity beer come John, out of there. I, <laughs> 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 okay, you got You got a. Are you taking? Are you taking titles? No, I, I am I'm not there. Suck you suck. My head uh, hurts.
1: I'm tired because I haven't slept. Uh, I smell like beer. beer How are we went gonna everywhere? get the show
0: out if we don't have titles? Oh. <laughs> it's part of the production process. All right, okay. I would not be surprised if this is fake news because I didn't see this anywhere else. And the website is get this sci tech todaycom But here's the news published April 18th. Uh, Salesforce is combining several of its existing tools with some new technologies into a new platform dubbed the Einstein High Velocity Sales Cloud. The new product will help automate many of the tasks associated with sales and CRM while also providing teams with AI technologies to help identify trends and analyze data sets. It's it's a real thing. It is? Yeah. You just Googled it? Meet Einstein
1: High Velocity Sales Cloud. Help reps sell smarter and faster than ever before. Close more deals in less time using Einstein AI and the Lightning Sales Console, an experience designed specifically for the needs of today's sales reps.
0: (laughs) So is this an addition to the fifty dollars a month for Sales Einstein or whatever? I have no clue. It's <laughs> another, but it's basically
1: yeah, it's basically Einstein and, and a bunch of other stuff. I th- I think it's basically the sales console with Einstein in it. Well,
0: they said another thing it did, which it instead of I guess having to log tasks and stuff, it just reads your email and creates tasks for or logs like ta- or in I don't know if it monitors your phone. Something Isn't that there? what Salesforce IQ does? I thought so. Yeah, I. I Maybe mean, this is
1: just rebranded Salesforce IQ. It, I'm sure it's all of it put together and rebranded. Yeah. I mean, we know they love doing that. AI embedded in the sales process, a lightning fast click to call dialer, automated yeah, activity dialer, capture, yeah. everything reps need in one screen. Yeah, so it's the console with
0: all these other technologies uh, packaged and rebranded. Have you, have you heard of Salesforce Engage? No. I th- it says it's part of it. it. It provides reps with real-time notifications about prospect and client behavior. That's huh. just alerting them when customers are active on the company's web. Like, this is great. Going to go to, I'm going to, you know, some website and all of, a, all of a sudden, you know, hey, popping in. This is the sys. Do you remember BBSs when the sysop would, every once in a while, would, you, you ever do that? They'd <laughs> pop in. They could break in like a live chat when you're on their BBS. Yeah. It's startling. It's like, oh, I, you know, you kind of think you're in your own little private thing. And <laughs> next thing you know, someone pops onto your screen. I saw that you were looking at this product. Would you like to buy this today? Can we. <laughs> Can we go out to dinner. We can talk about it. <laughs> like a steak. Yeah.
1: Oh. I'll go for steaks. Let's go for steaks, Jeremy. You
0: know, this is—I I don't know. you think Salesforce is going to end up with like a a nice cohesive set of tools out of all these AI things, and or are they just throwing mud right now? What does it seem? What is? What is your feeling?
1: I think. I think with the way Lightning is is. At least the way it's headed, I, I'm I'm having some more hate than love right now for Lightning just because of the stuff I'm working on right now that I can't get to work. I hate just because you're frustrated? Yes. Because,
0: you know, I mean, the thing
1: is... Because they're very simple things that should work know, or that should be available. Yeah. And and you know what? Here's the thing. Someone told me, and I won't say his name, but but he, he knows because no, we talked the other day. let's
0: throw him under the bus, John. All right, Teddy. I was
1: talking to Teddy. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I was joking, by the way. Uh, he, he won't care. But I was talking to Teddy, and <laughs> we were talking about something he was trying to do. And I was basically he was trying to use this this existing mapping program to do some stuff. And he put put it in Lightning. It worked in Visual Force, moved it to Lightning, and it stopped working. I was like, Yeah, I'm sure it's the the Locker service that's causing issues. They they have this like. Lightning container that should be able to solve for that because it'll it'll run everything in its own and it's released from the locker with service. massive performance implications. Well, it's it's, it's a
0: basically an iframe. Yeah, right.
1: But um, but that's the only developer preview right now. It's not even. That's what I want. It's not twelve.
0: Even, hey, you think of having a few Chrome's on your systems <laughs> running is bad? What if all of them each have about twelve copies of jQuery loaded in them? <laughs> <laughs>
1: And it, it was already beta, and he says, "He says, 'Oh, it, it, it'll get there.' You know, another two or three years, it'll, it'll, it'll be really nice." And I was like, "What? I just gave them two or three years to get." I mean, says what? Two years ago? Well, it was one year ago. It was officially released, right? But it was announced like what? Two, three years ago. Uh, yeah. I
0: mean, I think, I think, I think, um Lightning is pr- he's been in the works for probably at least three years. Have they yeah. announced it. At least two years ago.
1: But either way, my 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 willingness to kind of say, well, it's new, they're working on it, it's gonna get better, is starting to wane heavily because there's so much basic stuff. And I keep hoping, I have this like big hope that summer 13 is gonna summer 17 is gonna be this big bang where a bunch of stuff is gonna get fixed and working. But I'm really starting to 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 wane on that. There's just so many little basic things that just aren't working that I can't do, that I can't replicate. Proper functionality, and I and because of Locker Service or because of the way that the API works, I have no way of working around it.
0: Yeah, it it is really frustrating. Um, although the thing is, is you know, you know, you know that there are literally, I I think I think it's probably accurate, thousands of people, smart people that are working very hard on Lightning, not only performance stuff but also feature parity. You know, just continuing to implement features that are only available in Classic still. Yeah. And I did, I did. And software is hard, especially software, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, there are other examples, but this there's there's not a lot of companies that have been through this process of basically being at a $10 billion rate and essentially completely reinventing their stack. But here's the thing, in, in a lot of places... They, in
1: place, they sh- in place. In a lot of places they shouldn't have. I know. Take take navigation. It used to be this sidebar, and it turned out that wasn't the right thing to do, so now we're back to tabs. Right. Take setup. Uh, I know, setup. Dad. Setup right now, it looks a certain way, but guess what? I saw some screenshots uh, on Twitter of the next version of setup that's coming out, mm-hmm. and it looks more like the original classic. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm sure that they would be. They would do a lot of things differently if they had the chance, right? But that's hindsight. You know, hey, at least they've admitted when they've done stuff wrong. They're they've been pretty fairly bold. Yeah, but they they're,
1: they're selling this. They're selling this hardcore. Everyone now, everyone that gets on Salesforce right now is on Lightning, and they're pushed towards Lightning. I, and and all of us, all the partners are getting told, let's build this in Lightning, 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 Lightning. And we go to do this crap, and we're throwing all these freaking curves. We right. already have enough curves with Apex and everything and all the limits, and now we have to deal with new curves you mean on Apex the land. Apex and the <laughs> That's a good name, actually. <laughs> Although, are any of them developers?
0: John, everyone's a developer. Oh, that's right. That's right. About? Everyone's developers.
1: <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> well, uh, well, that I mean, that just goes to show you all the all of the pain that we experience in, as developers also bubble up to the admins because they get to hear it from us. Yeah. But either way, it's just I don't know. I, I the the direction's going, and 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 from what I hear, of rumors of how the builder's going to get better, and how the the you're going to be able to do a lot more things with it. Other than the simple drag and drop that we have today and some very simple um, modifier fields and things like that, it's supposed to get a lot better. However, there's still a lot of really basic stuff that I can't get done. Yep. And it's frustrating. Yep. Because I know their, mind, their main priority is selling more licenses.
0: They have to. Yeah. I was just, I was just in a discussion with someone on Twitter. Who was it? Um, oh, I think it was Zachary James. By the way, is that his real name? I don't know. I think so. It's an interesting name. Um, but no, just about Salesforce's, you know, their growth rate and how, you know, amazing. And it's, it's the, they're the fastest growing software company ever. And my point is, well, yeah, that's because they've been eating their tail to do it. Right? Yeah. They've been, they've been buying customers, you know, they've been buying customers basically at, at a, at a non-traditional, I won't say unfair or whatever, but just certainly at a non-traditional rate. I mean, they're, they're, therefore, their cost of, cost, sorry, cost of customer acquisition is off the charts compared to competitors. And I don't know, where was I going with that? What were we talking about?
1: We were just talking about the growth in the platform, and you were um, talking about Zachary I, Jeans in a no, conversation no, of their yeah, growth how rate. How to tie
0: this back, though? What, um, I don't know. What were we just talking about?
1: Well, I had made the comment that that I'm frustrated because there are things that need to be get fixed, but I know oh, they're already selling is. licenses
0: that's thank you that's what it was. <laughs> you have two options to not have your stock price crash. You keep growing like your startup or you get profitable because if not, then you cannot justify your sixty billion dollar market cap mm-hmm. and yeah, they don't have an option they've got to keep growing, and so even though <laughs> Oh, there's a lot of realities about lightning that we're all having to deal with. Customers yeah. to consultants to admins and developers, all of us. Um, Salesforce has to keep that pretty face painted on. And <laughs> I just just today, I'm t- I was texting with a a consultant who, you know, got screwed again by basically salespeople that are that are selling a false narrative. Mm. And and that brings it right back to what you just said. It's like we're now, and we're having to deal with that. I mean, it's yeah. it's the collective us having to just deal with that situation where it, we're in the uncanny valley of classic enlightening. It's like nothing is right.
1: Yeah, there's
0: no good way to do anything right now. There's no way that's somewhat future proof. That also there is no future proof. I, well no and that's why I said somewhat because there's no such thing as super, super, super well all, proof, all right? the lightning I mean, stuff future
1: proof I really try and strive to Super-proof, try to like n- maybe not future proof but at least a, a, enable some kind of configurability enable some kind of you know it's it's harder on me to code it this way but there's going to be a way to to grow with this solution that I built but I i can't do it the, well, the, cert- the tooling won't let me yeah. do it the right way yeah. I'm having to sacrifice so many things and even the things I'm doing now like, like I can't I can't put an output field or an input field tag on the screen, so I'm having to use explicit components for explicit field types, a, a date output yep. and, a, and a text output. I know it would solve your problem.
0: What Docker lightweight containers? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I mean, if uh, that's that's the frustrating thing, we've got this all this amazing technology for building apps and things that. Uh, are not available if you're on the salesforce platform I mean theoretically they we don't have to worry about that i mean salesforce is, they're 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 running all the platforms they're managing performance except sandboxes and all this other stuff right they're we're not supposed to have to worry about that we can just focus on purely application code but it's frustrating like you said when you you can't do things right or you're stuck, there's no good way to do so there's no good path forward like we you're gonna have to build this thing, but there's really no good way to build it right now
1: yeah and then the stuff I'm building right now i'm like in a year or so when this Bug that's been around for forever gets fixed. I this needs to be redone. Yeah, I'm not. I pro, will I be around to do that? Will the client want me to be around to be around to do that? Yeah. Will they be? Will they already feel burned by then? I don't know. They they probably won't notice, but I'll know it's there. I'll know that that it's not done right. I'll know that 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 I'm using a I'm I'm hard coding. I have a switch statement that says if this field is this type, then then output this component, but, and if it's this type, output this component.
0: I mean, in general, do you feel like customers are fee- are are feeling and noticing that they're getting burned to some degree on this. There's been some kind of broken promises and a lot of, of um, wasted time and money because
1: I don't think so. I think, I think a lot of times it comes back to, so you don't think
0: they're cognizant of this.
1: I don't, I don't think so. I don't think at a, at a big level, I think for the most part, they're seeing some good things. I mean, there are some good things about lightning and the features and the layout and even some of the newer components that are really nice and useful. Um, that I enjoy. That I, you know, I wish. I, I look at something and go, "Man, I wish they would get off classic and go into Lightning, because then we could do this, this, and this, and it would be so much better for the users." Yeah. I do have moments of that, right? And so I think, I think there's enough there that when people are able to get onto Lightning, there there are certain things to like about it. There are other things like performance and the stupid rainbow that it takes forever to freaking go away and all that kind of stuff. But
0: I mean, that's all. That's it, all the stuff that you've got to assume is going to be fixed, though, right?
1: And yeah. it has gotten better with each release. You know, performance has improved. I, I see. You know, I still see the rainbow. I hate that I see the rainbow. I wish it w- wouldn't be there because it seems like it's it seems like the animation has to run once before it'll even refresh. Like everything's ready. Yeah. It's just I get um, we gotta wait for the a, animation. A minimum to finish.
0: minimum of one cycle of animation. <laughs> <That's>
1: exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'm, we're still we're just arbitrarily waiting for the animation to finish yeah. so it doesn't look like a flash. Yeah. But um beyond that, I mean there's still a lot of things. There's there's some new features of it that that look really promising and really cool. Um, I like being able to create components and put them anywhere on the screen, and and, and oh, not well, have to worry no. about iframe. Put them framing. anywhere on the
0: screen. You gotta, you can put them in the designated spots where <laughs> Salesforce <laughs> thinks you should be able to put components.
1: Yeah, but but again, we are we are in a new world, so new lessons have to be learned. Uh, there's there's a whole new user experience thing that that's it's 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 coming.
0: A problem? Yes. A reckoning?
1: Because because you can put things wherever, and you can put ready lists on certain things. People aren't cognizant of of screen size anymore. I've seen people put two panes of detail and related lists on the same screen. I'm like, That's, if someone's on their laptop, they're not gonna be able to read any of that. But isn't this uh, mobile responsive, John? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> it is to a certain point. But when you have two defined areas, those two panels, like the split view panel, yep. you have detail and related lists on two panels and you expand one or the other. One of them's gonna be really small and the other one's gonna be really big. And it just, it's not good. Yeah, but people are 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 doing this kind of stuff and they're fine with it. But it's it's just, if they're, to my brain,
0: they're developers, John. To my no, they're <laughs> not developers. No, yes, they are. You need to just <laughs> you need to accept the new reality here.
1: Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. No, that's true. In in the world of draggy droppy, you still have to kind of think about it: how users are going to use this, and how this is going to look, and how usable or readable it's going to be. When, when you throw this much information at people. Yep. Because you can literally throw a lot more information at people in some very ugly ways with the builder.
0: Yep. And it's getting ugly. Yeah. It's getting ugly. Show title. Why does that have to be negative? Why would be so neg? <laughs> we, already, we already used that one, didn't we? I don't know, did we? We're always negative. Well, John, I'm ready to roll trucks out of here, man. I've exhausted. You are exhausted. I am exhausted. I'm it smells like beer. So. I'm, I'm literally sticky from head to toe from <laughs> a beer explosion. Yeah. An- anything else? No, that's Any it. parting words of wisdom from John DeSantiago? Uh, no. Why don't
1: you let people know how, how they can...
0: Do, do we not out. have any questions? No, we, 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 we're getting no love on our email address info at gooddaysirpodcast.com. At least, <laughs> at least, I mean, okay, the, we've been soliciting questions, right? Our topics, if people have suggested topics, we got nothing in a week. You know, we have in the, into <laughs> the thousands of people that listen to this podcast, and well, not me. a single email.
1: Here's my theory is that people ask questions on the Slack, and we all jump in and we answer I them. I know. So there's no question. questions. We have
0: this, left. We have the, the idea, though, cause the thing is, when you when you put the topics on the Slack, then we discuss it in the Slack, and it ruins the topic. We could always rehash so the them I- on the podcast. The, you know the idea, and that's not any fun, though. The idea with the email address is people can send us a, a topic privately or a question, so that it gets discussed on the on the on the show, and then it and then the discussion continues on in the Slack. Mm. But we got nothing. Big uh, big goose egg. <laughs> so yeah, send us an email, even if you just you know want to say you hate us or you love us or whatever. Uh, but yeah, send us questions. That's good. Questions or topics. What else? Share just likes questions because he doesn't us. have to do the research. Brett, so Brett Nelson. <laughs> is that is Nelson, is that right? I think so. Uh he um asked, he's asked us the other day, hey, do you mind if I use your logo and put on my No, absolutely? Use use the logo. No, absolutely. Blog not, about or, us. Put us in blog. Yes. yes, yes, use it. You know, like f- please share, you know, spread the word. Put it on a white what, background. How, how put it on a white background though. Because yeah. our logo's transparent
1: and it oh, looks best on a white background. Okay.
0: I need to. I'll be white or black, nothing else, though, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I need to create one. Maybe I'll put it up on the website. I'll put like logo assets or something that people can
0: use if they want. What else? I don't have my notes in front of me. What are the other things, Sean? Share us on the socials, right?
1: Share, like, leave a, leave a review if you haven't
0: already. The Slack, the Slack community gooddacer.com slash community. Or just, or just go to good... Sater, go, good well, no, it's not, it's not even the right URL. Is that it? What are you talking about? What is our URL?
1: Gooddaysurpodcast.com okay. forward slash community.
0: Okay. Or you can just click on community if you manage to get to our site.
1: I'm the one with no sleep and a headache and yeah. you're the one spacing.
0: I am spacing big time. iTunes reviews are good. We love those. They, they help. Um, or, you know, always click the recommend thing in Overcast. Why not, right? It's just right there. <laughs> click that. To, or tap... Have you? Uh, everyone, oh, even nice. though I don't listen to our podcast, I do tap the recommend thing on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even listen. Well, I'll listen back like before. If we b- before we did the catch and release, I would listen just to see if anything's wrong. But uh, not anymore. I can't. who can stand to listen to their own voice? <laughs> can you? I hate it. I mean, I hate your voice. Mine sounds great. I mean, my dulcet tones. But yours, I can't.
1: No. Is that why you add so many layers of effects on my voice? Yeah. <laughs> I actually sound very different. So when people, when everyone meets me live, they're really like, "You sound totally different," and that's because Jeremy put so many effects. I, on put, me.
0: I have no effects. I mean, the only effects we have is EQ. Well, in addition, like I actually compression sound closer to stuff. Mickey
1: Mouse, but he adds a lot of bass right. into my voice. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Crank up the bass. All right. Well, I think that's it, John. And to that, I say, "Good day, sir."
0: You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.